Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Hey, it's me, your barista. You know how you come in almost every day for our cold foam coffee? Well, now there's an easy way to foam at home with new International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. And it's foaming delicious. New International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. Now in stores. It's foaming delicious. To get the Crime Writers on After Show right now, go to patreon.com slash partners in crime media. I'm Rebecca Lavoie, and this is Crime Writers On, the original true crime review podcast that digs into true crime, pop culture, and this week, The Dream is back with a new season looking at the wellness industry. Are essential oils, crystals, and CBD kombucha cure-alls, or are they simply snake oil for wealthy and bored white people? Then we'll chill out with Disorganized Crime, a podcast that takes us on a trippy journey as a daughter discovers the true story of her retired drug-smuggling parents. Joining me to get that done and more is my real-life husband and true crime co-author, former TV journalist Kevin Flynn. Good evening, Kevin. Hello, Rebecca. Also with us is journalist, true crime author, former defense investigator, licensed private investigator, and certified cat lady, Laura Bricker. Good evening, Laura. Good evening. I just want to tell you that my really good friend Maggie is getting buttons made, and they say, hashtag, don't mess with Bricker. <laughs> ah. So don't if mess. y'all want one. I do yeah, want don't, one. I want Don't five. mess with Bricker. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, our captain of woke cynicism, the author behind the noir novels known as the City Trilogy and the host of our Patreon-exclusive book club, Toby Ball. Hello, Toby. Hey, man. All right, well... Hey, man. I'm going to keep the Patreon promo very short for tonight. Someone's already been moving ahead. Listen... Disorganized crime. All I know is that when I listened to this podcast, all I could think of was like, Toby Ball wants to go back in time and get adopted by those Same. people. <laughs> we Same. know it. <laughs> anyway. Right uh, on. Quick plug for our after show this evening. I am going to sell you guys on watching Cheer on Netflix. That's oh, what's going to happen on our after mm. show tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Rebecca, because I've been watching it too. Fantastic. Oh. Perfect. To get Toby mm-hmm. to watch it. So we're going to discuss it and we're going to make the case for Toby Ball to watch it tonight on the Patreon After Show, which you can get right now if you go to patreon.com slash partners in crime media and sign up there. You'll get the After Show, the Book Club podcast, Laura Bricker's Leave it to Bricker podcast, and Kevin and my very charming and illuminating Married with Podcast podcast. All right. Go ahead and yawn, Kevin. I know you want to. Sorry. I'm right in the middle of you talking. I know you want to. Last week, it's the tape that I got. Just, yeah. Kevin was just yawning constantly without realizing that we're on the same track. And so if I'm talking and he's yawning, like, <laughs> you can totally hear it. So for anyone maybe in podcast- Maybe you shouldn't talk so much. <laughs> maybe you shouldn't be so bored with me. Same thing. All right. Maybe you shouldn't talk so much. I wouldn't be so bored. <laughs> wow. This sounds right. like my house. Are you guys actually ready to start our podcast? Yes. I was ready like four minutes ago. <laughs> Let's- I got my dog, the bounty hunter T, ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Let's get it done. Okay, it says infrared sauna detox weight loss. Sauna bar. They have weight loss and detox. Okay, I'm going to go in. The 2018 breakout hit podcast, The Dream, is back for a second season. Last time, Jane Marie and her team looked at the world of multi-level marketing. Now they're turning their attention to a new area of a dubious reputation, the The world world of of wellness. wellness. 
We'll talk to believers. And so the oils actually have an active frequency. And so when they touch your body, the reason that they're therapeutic is because of the way your body responds to those frequencies. And so it's not just an aromatherapy. They have the ability to give therapy to your system. Non-believers. I spoke to one analytical chemist who had been hired to analyze some herbal product. And so he'd broken open a couple of the capsules, a piece of a Viagra fell out. The Dream talks about everything from crystals and medicinal herbs to juices and pills. And Jane Marie reveals a more personal story that uncovers her skepticism about all things wellness. It never went back to normal. What was normal? Not having migraines all the time. Right. You know, not... My daughter was asking me about... Goldie was asking me about this the other day, about kindergarten. Sorry. And I don't remember it, really. Spoiler alert, we are going to be talking about plot points from season two of The Dream. So if you want to remain spoiler free, you can go to the time code in our show notes for our thumbs up or thumbs down review. Laura Bricker, I'm going to start with you because this season of The Dream is all about the wellness industry, which covers things like CBD and crystals and powders (laughs) and supplements and all sorts hey, of CBD's stuff. Hey, CBD's different, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whatever, no. Toby. Uh, and you <laughs> are a sucker for all this shit. Would you like to just get that off your chest, Laura Bricker? Um, I have to say, I was listening to this and I was like, oh shit, this is my life. <laughs> um, and whenever they said nutritional yeast, um, the co-host guy, Dan, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh shit. Uh, but I have a legit recipe for the nutritional yeast, which is like the old hippie recipe that my hippie neighbor sure. gave me growing up. It's yeast. No, it's, no, actually, people put it on ice cream and stuff. No, like it's, it's a, good. It's, it's good. So I'm going to tell you right up front, this is the best thing and it's so addictive. Melt some butter, put a little tamari soy sauce, put some of the brewer's yeast, put it on your soy, on your popcorn. Delicious. But I was like, oh my God, chia seeds. I have a bag in my closet because it was the food of the ancient Aztec warriors. And I was like, I'm going to be an Aztec warrior. I need some chia seeds. Um, I have the maca powder because again, that was something. I mean, I've been taking Zycam like candy since like before Thanksgiving and clearly I'm still sick. I sound like a chain smoker right now. So yeah. that hasn't done anything. But no, I am I am their target audience. That's that's all I have to say. <laughs> well, I have to say, one of the most illuminating things in the podcast so far is in episode three when they talk about nutritional supplements. And there is a whole section about vitamin C in particular. And it being tied to anything having to do with curing colds is total bullshit. Like, it's totally <sighs> not true. It's just there's no evidence of it. There never has been any evidence of it. It's just a thing that someone decided and now everyone buys uh, after that person said that vitamin C cures yeah. cancer. So yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> Why am I eating all these oranges? I, I mean, I mean oranges. I'm eating pills. Well, clearly, what the hell? You, you don't believe they work enough, Lara. You don't believe it because if you believe it, because I'll, be, I'll be honest with you, I like Airborne. And if I ever feel myself getting a little like icky, like during a fun drive or when we have a busy taping schedule or whatever, like I've taken Airborne. I believe it will work, and I can tell you, like, I feel like it works for me. But the podcast, Toby, also makes the very strong point we hear from Dan that the placebo effect is real. The doctors and researchers in the podcast say that it's real, and if you do believe something works, it works, right? I mean, that's the lesson of this podcast, right? (laughs) Because it's all just complete bullshit. 
And if it's working for you, it's totally the placebo effect. Mm. Or it's working against you in the case of like St. John's wort. Mm. Yes, making your birth control ineffective. Right. Or occasionally you get a capsule that's got half a piece of Viagra in it. And maybe that's helpful. <laughs> Woo, and then you have a good night. All right. I, I think I should point out right now that I am drinking the kava tea. Because oh my god, dog the bounty hunter said that the kava tea would make me super relaxed and peaceful. Laura, those are garbage people. I can't wait for this organized crime. You know, it's just so I went to a CBD store the other day just to like (laughs) figure see what the deal was, Mm -hmm. and they talk about it exactly the same way that they do essential oils. Right? Uh, You know, it's just like you know. It's something about how your body's not in balance and the CBD like kind of senses that and it kind of, it does what it does and brings it all back. And I'm like, oh, really? And it's like, yeah, you can, you know, you can drink it or you can like put it in your hair or you can rub it on your skin or you can like, you know, it's like, there's like all death. like literally any, any way I do it, it's going to help me. Like, it just doesn't matter. Like anything I have a problem with, I can ingest, rub on, look at and it'll do it. I... This is weird because like real medicine doesn't work like that, does it? No. So it was bizarre. So I did. I I my ankle was sore from playing basketball, and he gave me a like little free sample to rub on my ankle because he thought it would make my ankle feel better. Did it? Well, I think there's there something in it so that like my skin was tingling, mm. but uh, <laughs> it didn't actually like make it more comfortable to walk. Yeah. So I don't know. It it seemed. Like I didn't believe enough apparently to no, make it all. You didn't kind of come come through. <laughs> Kevin is dying anyway. to say something. I think that like if this podcast goes on long enough, it will eventually <laughs> piss everybody off. Ooh, because it's going to slay everyone's darlings eventually. What's my darling? Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, they really have said, you know, laid out that they're gonna. It's it's easy to poo poo crystals, hmm. right? Uh, but when they start talking about you know, vitamins maybe do this. Okay, some people are whatever. They're going to say like yoga doesn't really do it. Oh, people. There are people who are in yoga are going to be like, oh, no fucking way. No, no. Wait till you get to episode right. five and they take on natural childbirth. Uh-huh. How many people Ooh. are like, I swear by that. There's a lot of confirmation no. bias. Mm. And there's a lot of, hey, this is my thing. And you're challenging my worldview. I think that eventually they're going to come around to the thing that you love right. or that you really believe right. and it's going to be challenging. We have so many conversations at my job about CBD. This is, I know it's an aside, do, but do you it, think it's, it's relevant. snake oil? You still think it's snake oil. I personally do only because as Toby says, the claims are crazy. Yeah. Uh, I I think that, you know, it's not, obviously it gets confused with the medicinal and also like recreational marijuana conversation. It's not that at all. And I just can't believe how many incredibly like reasonable people talk about this stuff and can never say anything concrete about it. It's always like, I just have a feeling. About what? CBD oil. Since I, since yeah. I, since I started putting it in my coffee, I just have yeah. a feeling. I, yeah. I took the seltzers. I was drinking the seltzers at night and I was like, I think that I'm sleeping better since I've been taking <laughs> those CBD seltzers yeah. that I've been paying like $5 a can for, which is crazy. Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of things people hold sacred they're going to be heretical to 
somebody right. every episode. Right. And I think that that's fascinating. So we've already covered yeah. that Lara is a total sucker for anything that anyone yep. puts in front of mm-hmm. her. Yep. Uh, Toby, do you have a secret or not so secret thing, a wellness thing that you're into that you know that you can imagine that Jane Marie in this podcast could theoretically talk about? Well, like a chicken Caesar salad? <laughs> <laughs> is that your wellness? <laughs> yeah, actually, my wellness thing, which I just started... Is uh, oat milk. Mm. Nut milks? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. Jane Marie does love those nut milks. <laughs> she Does she love those nut milks? She says it a couple times. She likes saying the words. Nut milks. <laughs> Smoothies, vegan ice cream, and raw snacks. I like just saying nut milk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oat milk's not too bad. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's funny because when we're listening to it, you know, in some ways it's like the crystals, like not that I believe in them, even in the slightest, but there's at least like a history there. Like I, I know taking a class when we were reading like these, these old uh, texts about shaman and, you know, from way, way, way back. And they talk about like removing crystals from people's bodies and putting crystals in people's bodies. And that was like a thing that was part of that religion. So I, you know, at least there's some like kind of historical context, but this sort of pseudoscience about where you're going to use essential oils and it's going to get your frequency back on track is just, it's bizarre. Yeah. And I know, you know, and I'm sure I'm like right now alienating some of our audience by saying this, but I I just kind of feel like you're going through sort of mental gymnastics in order to convince yourself that something works. But the explanation that you're given just doesn't really make any sense. It's it's, it's like being audited in Scientology. It sounds exactly like that. It's the same it's like you don't really have a frequency. <laughs> exactly. Like yeah. you don't have an optimum frequency that, you know, some oil that you put into a nebulizer or whatever is going to suddenly like get you to the right frequency. Like, but I really wish I knew about frankincense extract before my radiation. Really? Yeah. Why? Well, my whole cancer experience would have been so different. <laughs> it just implodes, right? <laughs> just all those cancers, boom. <laughs> I've been like, okay. Well, let's let's talk about something about the podcast itself because season one of the dream about MLMs was much more of a structured journalistic style story where it was an investigation and one of the producers actually joined an MLM and it sort of took us from the bottom of the pyramid to the top with this like, you know, financial data journalism. This season so far is not like that. This is a narrative, playful, sort of very personal um kind of story i was not at all surprised to hear we're talking about the four recorded and kevin knows i'm a podcast geek like times a million i was not at all surprised to hear that peter Clowney is involved in this season and is an editor of the podcast because to me it has his fingerprints all over it peter Clowney used to be with gimlet and he's worked on a lot of shows that you've just if you just look him up you'll see all the different shows that he's worked on his editing style is the extemporaneous conversation he veers toward leaving that stuff in all right cheers these are beautiful they um she put a little strawberry okay i smell it no not at all okay i taste it and smell it the cbd and there's a lot of that in this podcast and i found myself listening to it i loved those parts and I thought they were fun and cool. They reminded me a little bit of like the Dan Taberski narrative style. But I also, as I was listening, kept thinking like, this won't be for everybody. Not everybody is going to love that episode two is basically this walk down the street with Jane Marie talking about the fact that she loves Taco Bell and them popping into all these stores and then it kind of getting into her personal 
uh, story with her head injury. I, as I was listening to it, I was like, not everyone's going to like that. Am I not wrong, right, Kevin? Yeah, I mean, two points. One, when you drop someone's name like Peter Clowney, you sound like one of those jazz experts. Who are like, oh, yeah, that's that's Paul Desmond on, on the, the sax. <laughs> or back there. Yeah, you know, it's like you can tell it's not Coltrane because of the resonance of the... So uh, there's that. Yeah, I mean, if we have to talk about something, I would just say episode two. I think should not have been episode two. I think it was way too soon for that. They ended episode one very strong on a very substantive note. And then this got a lot of, we're going to walk around and be cute and look at us being cute. And then it's going to be very intimate. And I feel like, you know, not everybody listened to season one or Mm -hmm. did a long time ago. And I just think it was like a lot to thrust upon the listener at this moment. To lean on our relationship with Jane Marie yeah. as if it's been a continuing yeah, and then to bring into, into this very, you know, have her explain this very intimate part of her childhood and her pain. I um, fell out of an open staircase onto a cement floor on my head from and, the top of the stairs, which is like a s- ceiling height. They called it a diving accident, which is very compelling. I'm not. I'm not minimizing it. I just feel like it shouldn't have been the second episode. Right. I much would have much rather seen a lot of momentum and build up a lot of facts about the different wellness schemes yep. and the, the, these things that were talked about, and then have that episode to explain why she's doing what she's doing. Why she's so skeptical? Yeah. Yeah, which I think would have been good there, mm. and then it, it just sort of. There wasn't a lot of meat with the potatoes that they gave in episode two. Yeah. Another big element of episode two is her relationship with Dan and his relationship with wellness. You know, we hear that Dan, who is her partner in life, I've confirmed it on Twitter, as well as her partner in the business, the podcasting company. And she says it in the podcast. They've been making podcasts. Like, I, don't, I don't want to. Um, you guys put a couple of notes in the script, full disclosure, saying like it's like a conversation with her boyfriend. But there's something about that that struck me a little bit off. Oh, tell me more, my wife. Only, well, only because... I don't feel like the conversation was different than the one they would have had if they weren't romantic partners. I do feel like some of those, that same kind of conversational stuff was in season one, but that he's super into all this stuff, crystals in particular, which confounds me. I love the crystals. (laughs) I have crystals in my house because I think they're beautiful and they are very peaceful to me. Same with plants. But with the crystals, I will say that I shop for crystals based on the advice of the person at the crystal shop or from one of my three crystal books. Um, <laughs> I love the crystals because one of my favorite editors, um, her ex-husband like ran off with this crystal lady after they got divorced. <laughs> and so we would always be like, what's going on with the crystal lady? Like it was just like bizarre because it became like a whole lifestyle for them. And I was always very like mesmerized by this whole like, oh, we have these crystals and they have energy and all this power. And like, I'm like, really? Huh? So I I just find it kind of fascinating that that, you know, I guess, again, it's I I don't know if it's the placebo effect or whatever, but it's it's very interesting to me. We have a a listener and a great fan of the show, and I'm not going to mention her name, but she's a professional writer who writes about relationships and had an assignment where she had to write about the benefits of using a crystal dildo. <laughs> wait, and, wait, what? Yeah, and it didn't what? rock her chakra, 
But <laughs> why aren't you is mentioning her real, name? I is just, this a real story? She's a sex she's, columnist. She's amazing. Her name's Simone Paget, and you can oh, Google I, that I story have, if you want. Oh, I just I've, didn't I've read her like, stuff. She's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, just to the benefit was just that it's really hard. <laughs> wow. You know? Is that a benefit? So, All right. So you don't need that half a capsule of Viagra from your vitamin just, uh, for that crystal. <laughs> It doesn't change your frequency, in case you're wondering. Well, I want Toby to weigh in on what I was talking about earlier, which is the departure in narrative style of this podcast. Well, let's get back to that, <laughs> this podcast. Toby, what are your thoughts about the departure? Wait, have, in- we started, have we started our episode yet? <laughs> so, Toby had to put down his crystal fleshlight. Can you just imagine Toby like making an appointment to go to like the salt cave, rubbing CBD like on his elbow? I've been to the salt cave. I know you have, Laura. Oh, Listen, God. we know you'll fucking try anything. <laughs> Toby, we were talking yes. about the narrative departure of this podcast and my feeling as I was listening that as much as I loved it, I also could preemptively relate to people listening to the same material and not loving it as much. What did you think of that episode two swing to the left and the more loose kind of freewheeling nature of this season in general? See, I don't mind. Like, I think it works pretty well when they're talking about substantive stuff. I mean, to me, it's like being like the silent part of a conversation with people talking about something they know about that I think is kind of interesting, you know? So I think that conversational part works fine. Episode two, like it was it was kind of a tough one for me in that it seemed like a little bit like a like an indie movie or something where they're like kind of walking around and, and having cute banner and there's a theme uh, and there's like sort of the odd couple aspect to it. And then it goes to this this horrible story that she tells about about her traumatic brain injury and, and you know, falling when she was, you know, six or something. And uh, I mean, it's, it's an awful story and very and very affecting. But I just, I'm just not sure how that relates to everything else yet. And I thought maybe that was going to be something that was going to come up in the next episode or whatever. And maybe maybe there's something down the line. But like I think Kevin said, you know, it seems like it kind of felt like you just meet somebody and then they tell you this like really troubling secret about themselves. Mm-hmm. And you're like, uh, <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot pretty fast. Yeah. So it works better than I would have, like if you'd ex- described it to me, I, I think it works better than I would have thought it would. And I think they're both sort of appealing hosts and, you know, the research they've done is interesting. The the extended interview they have uh, with that woman whose name I'm going to forget, where she's talking about the supplements, I thought was really interesting. So, you know, I I, I was pleasantly surprised by that. Yeah. Uh, and with the exception of episode two, you know, I, I found it, I, I was enjoying it, definitely. Well, the one thing that episode two does, and maybe it you guys would have felt differently about it had it actually landed this particular plane, Episode two is the only episode so far that talks about who the consumer is for this. It is wealthy, white, bored people. I wrote that in my intro on purpose. Oh, no. Because... <laughs> sorry, Laura. <laughs> oh, sorry, Laura. <laughs> but, but, she, but she does talk about just the inherent privilege of this particular kind of wellness and the gentrification of a neighborhood around the wellness industry, the fact that that's considered like a gentrification of sorts is 
interesting. It's fascinating. It's like you have your pop-up shaman shop and your like uh, cafe that leans on coffee and has you know cbd snacks in the background and right next door you have one that leans more on their like cbd food with coffee in the background but it's essentially the same thing and i think the reason why it hooked me in particular was jane marie's aside about the awesomeness of taco bell we're walking out of our office Uh and what i wish is that we were walking out and taking a right because down that way is where the good stuff is (laughs) what's the good stuff Gold Star Diner. It's Kentucky Fried Chicken, I think. That way? No. Wait, what? Isn't Where? there like a Kentucky Fried Chicken Taco Bell? It's just Taco Bell. Oh. oh. Doesn't need to be anything else. <laughs> <laughs> because in yeah. fact, she's not wrong. Taco Bell is fast food that has a bean burrito that is not terrible for you. That is always the same and is always delicious. I'm calling bullshit because I don't think she gets the stuff with the beans in it. She likes, <laughs> like I do, all the stuff with that delicious ground beef yeah. product. She does sort of make fun of Dan for all of his uh, nutritional choices and so forth, right? Yeah. Well, look here. Can we talk about the writing then? Because yes. that's kind of what it leads to. Yeah. Is that I, I think that I, I really like Jane Marie's. Uh, writing, her delivery, uh, it's very true to her. That's something I think we're also going to be talking about in the next review about the narrator. She really sometimes gets close to the edge of being fawning a little bit, but I think she's very enjoyable and entertaining, and she does let her intelligence come through in talking about these things. Mm, she's a woman and she's smart? <gasps> oh, don't do no, I'm just joking, Kevin. I'm oh, my God. Kidding. Do not at me. <laughs> Got all the yoga breastfeeding, <laughs> vitamin <laughs> supplement people coming after me already. MLM lovers. Oh, for Christ's sake. <laughs> essential, stay off Twitter for a month. Essential oil users. <laughs> God. <laughs> what were you going to say, Toby? Oh, I was just, this was like before, but I was a little bit troubled that her nightmare was about like having trouble getting service at an Arby's. <laughs> <laughs> Who has strange it? little moment. Who hasn't had that nightmare about bad I've, ne- I've never been to an Arby's. I've been to an Arby's <laughs> once in like Missouri, maybe, because that's all they had there. My nightmare is actually getting service at Arby's. So oh, I, yeah. a, a few months ago, I, by the way, I love that this review has totally gone off the rails and we're just like- It's kind of like this podcast. It's fantastic. We're just going to go it's, off on it's a It's like we're just sitting around talking, which is yeah. kind of what this podcast is. So <laughs> a, a few months ago, we had some leftover roast beef. And I made a roast beef sandwich, and I thought I was being incredibly clever. I heated up the roast beef in a pan, and I put it on a toasted bun, but I made it like a burger. I put on, like, pickles and onions and ketchup and mustard and, like, a little bit of mayo and a slice of cheese. And I was describing it to Kevin. I'm like, I made the most awesome sandwich today for lunch, which was basically a hamburger, except it was roast beef. And Kevin was like... Oh, you mean like Arby's does? And I was like, what? <laughs> because I didn't know. They I have the meats. Know. I didn't know about the meats. I didn't yeah, know. They, they have the weird cheese, though. All right, so Laura, I want to ask you just one question. Um, one interesting thing that comes up in the podcast in, I believe, episode four, the when that kind of gets more into the supplement industry and the lack of regulation of the supplement industry, is they talk about how these companies could make a lot more money if they're going to make chemicals that actually do make changes in your body. 
Theoretically, they could make more money by going the regulated route and creating prescription drugs, but instead they choose to go the unregulated route and create these supplements, perhaps not surprisingly, because their target market is people who don't trust the government and don't trust drugs. I know where you're going. So what were your thoughts about that? It reminded me of something that happened in my house at Christmas. Is that where you're going with this? Um, I am I? (laughs) Sounds like that's where you're going with it. (laughs) Um, Uncle Walt, who, um, you know, has some some trust issues after his work at the nuke plant, um, wanted to give me a book for Christmas called Lies Your Doctor is Telling You. But he didn't think it would go over well with my doctor, so he didn't yeah. give it to me. But, uh, you know, but there is... Stop, stop. The guy who worked at the nuclear facility... Yes. Yes. He's going to tell you about <laughs> the lies that your doctor That's right. is telling you about your health. And by the way, Laura Bricker's doctor also doesn't believe in Lyme disease. It's a whole thing. It's a rabbit yeah. hole. Oh my God, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so I didn't... But I have to say there is something to be said for... You know, advocating for yourself in the health system, and even when you have a good relationship with your doctor, always asking questions. I don't think there's lies my doctor is telling me, but I will say, like, when I've gone to my doctor and been like, oh, I want to take like melatonin or I want to take this or that or something, my doctor's like, well, you know, you really can't tell the actual like value on that because it's not regulated. So, and, and I've had a couple doctors say this to me. So, there is something to be said for that side of things, but I don't know. The melatonin still helps me sleep, so I'm going to still take it. But Well, melatonin know. is a chemical your body actually makes, and yeah. so you're just giving yourself more of it. It's not the same thing as eating the bark from an obscure tree that nobody yeah. has ever heard of or putting some oil on your elbow pit or whatever. A bowl that can't be your... next to cinnamon bark. Exactly. No, no. It's exactly no. the same so, thing. It's just, it's just science. It's science, man. I don't know. I mean, so we had lies your doctor tells you, and then we had the survival book of how to survive in prison that he gave mm. my son for Christmas. So, Perfect. I mean, you know, there's a lot the of things hell? we learned at Christmas this year. <laughs> Well, um, I think we've probably gone backwards, forwards, sideways, and down many alleyways in this conversation. (laughs) I'm not sure our listeners have learned a lot about what's actually in this podcast, but I don't think that matters. So I think we should do what we do. Gives our thumbs up or thumbs down review for season two of The Dream, which focuses on the wellness industry. Laura Bricker, I'm going to start with you. What do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down for season two of The Dream? Um, I'm going to go with thumbs up. I mean, I'm going to say this isn't what I would consider like a journalistic podcast. But I think it is sort of calling out all of us for being suckers, me mostly, um, for (laughs) like, because I'm like listening to this. I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, we all get sucked into all these like, oh, you can take the, you know, goji berries and they're going to cure you from cancer. And like, this is going to save you. And and, I mean, I looked in my my pantry after I listened to this and I was like, oh, shit, like. All these empty boxes of stuff that I thought was going to like save my life. So I think it's really interesting because I think it's a really interesting commentary on sort of where we are um, in the health and wellness industry right now, but also sort of, you know, it's kind of entertaining at the same time to listen to. Tell me about what about you? Thumbs up or thumbs down for season two of The Dream? Well, Laura keeps saying like all of us and me. Toby, I'd like to remove myself from that. (laughs) You have goji berries. I know you do. I got no goji berries. Well, I, I guess I could because I don't know what they are. Um, I do take melatonin. I will. I will fess ah, up to that. Uh, I, I like this. You know, again, I, you know, with episode two, wasn't really quite my thing, but all the rest of it, I think, has been interesting. I think they're both engaging and smart, and I, you know, it's a 
It's a little bit different than the stuff we usually listen to, but like I wouldn't want all podcasts to be like this, I guess, but I think they do a good job with it. I like the kind of feel and flow uh, and the information's good and it's um, it's a area that I find kind of personally interesting. So I will give it a big thumbs up. What about you, Kevin? Thumbs up or thumbs down for season two of The Dream? I am a thumbs up. I, I believe season two is doing what they did in season one where they you know shined a light on multi-level marketing schemes certainly taking something that we all sort of look at and don't really think too much about the $5 trillion industry of wellness and all the different claims that are there and the things that we we already sort of filter out. These things we think are, we poo-poo this stuff and we tend to believe some of these other things. So like I said, I, I like heretics. I like people that blaspheme. So to go after uh, this, but not in sort of a 60 minutes kind of way. It's not Madeline Barron trying to rip apart, you Neutralife. know. Neutral life. <laughs> exactly. Sort of in a light way, turning the mirror on us and kind of saying, yeah, but does that really? Uh, I think that that is, uh, is pretty effective. And basically, this season two could be its own podcast. That could go on forever and ever and yeah. ever. Uh, because there is just so many different individual things that uh, one could look at that it could, it could be it could go on longer than my favorite murder. Yeah, I really I think I like this podcast more than all of you do. I feel close to Jane Marie in a weird way. I feel like an intimacy with her that for me carried over from season one. I like how she examines her own familial relationships in the podcast. The podcast, by the way, um, I know that her partner, Dan, has a music background. There's some very, very talented audio producers at her company here. And the podcast sounds Amazing! It sounds as close to perfect as a podcast can sound. There's also a storytelling style to this that I referenced Dan Taberski earlier in terms of the writing well for oneself that really shines here. But also I think about the This American Life threads and how they are sort of spreading through the podcast industry. One of my other favorite podcasts we reviewed in the last few months that I think I also liked more than the rest of you was The Clearing, which is produced by Jonathan Manhevar, also a graduate of This American Life. The fact that these podcast producers are comfortable if they see an alleyway that's interesting just making a left and taking us down there with them i really like that style of storytelling so i love season two of the dream so far it's very different than season one it could almost be a completely different show one other thing i wanted to mention that i forgot to mention earlier was there is sort of a a nod in here especially in her conversation with her cousin and her cousin's health journey and how she got to all these wacky cures like essential oils about the fact that women's health care sucks and there's like no research done in terms of how to treat women for things, which is probably part of the reason why a lot of women are drawn to mm-hmm. these wellness things because their their doctors don't have answers because there's no research to help their doctors have answers. Anyway, I really like season two of The Dream. Big thumbs up for me and kudos to you, Jane Marie. Moving on. iHeartRadio's newest true crime podcast tells a tale of a marijuana smuggler from a unique perspective. It's narrated by his daughter, who learns about her parents' crazy double life, moving millions of dollars of cannabis across the country. When I was 14 years old, my older sister told me the family secret. Our parents were able to pay for this idyllic life because my dad was a pot smuggler. 
Disorganized Crime, Smuggler's Daughter is narrated by a host using the pseudonym Rainbow Valentine. As you can tell, it's a quirky look at the inner workings of a California drug smuggling operation that spanned her parents' hippie 60s and groovy 70s and past the Just Say No era. They were psychedelic pioneers, disillusioned by the Vietnam War and what they considered a repressive 1950s society. Before that, it was all about suffering and you have to suffer. And then we decided in the 60s that actually life should be beautiful. They were in the middle of a movement that changed the world. Disorganized crime is part memoir, part history lesson, part farce. Filled with her family's crazy friends telling the stories of their exploits for the first time, the host embraces the absurdity of the situation she knew to be completely normal. Now, we are going to be talking about plot points for disorganized crime. So to remain spoiler free, go to the time code listed in our show notes to get our thumbs up or thumbs down review. Now, Toby, this podcast is basically dependent on the fact that our host, Rainbow Valentine, believes her parents' stories and their friends' stories are enough to carry a narrative. Are they? And what do you think of this entire enterprise? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> uh, no, I think I, the the stories are, are are very entertaining. They're they're colorful. I, I think we'll probably talk about the questions that kind of arise from them. But sort of on a on a surface level, I was there for the stories. I thought they're all entertainingly told, uh, interesting. Lots of colorful characters. Uh, the fact that they all have these these uh, pseudonyms like. The Sugar Bowl Man and mm. the Brooklyn Boys and Sandwich, you know, Sandwich. <laughs> That's my favorite it, one. <laughs> it kind of like lends this sort of legendary air to all these stories. So that part of it is like definitely like super entertaining. Now, Laura, you grew up with people like this in the countryside yeah. of Vermont, did you not? I did. Um, yeah, the good old days of Vermont. Like, I mean, I had friends in high school whose parents were like you know, trust fund kids who moved to Vermont to, you know, grow weed and got busted. So I lived the dream. That's um, the dream. You were, we already established. You've I been li- living <laughs> the dream. I have been Sprinkling the dream. it in your coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I've been taking the juice plus pills and everything. But, um, you know, listening to this, all I could think was like, these are some people I would like at first I said, I'd like to go spend a night with these people and hang out with them because they sound super entertaining. And then Ken and I were talking about it. And I was like, I think I need a week with these people, mm. um, quite honestly, because <laughs> Toby, you're there with me. Do you want to go spend a week with these people? <laughs> like, let's, Toby let's in his do it. Mind, he's with them Come all on. the time. All I, <laughs> all I could think about. <laughs> All I could think about listening to this whole podcast was how well Toby would have fit in with this whole crowd. <laughs> I just, I so I have to tell you guys, I was listening to this and I'm like walking around my house just laughing because it's like listening to like pirate stories or cowboy stories or something like they're like back in the good old days when we had to like, remember the time that I traded my VW microbus for some acid? Yeah, that was great. Like, I just love every single story. I'm like, I know this is horrible and this is setting a bad example for my child and I'm laughing at this. But these stories were so fantastic. I just love mm. them. Now, Kevin, this is a very singularly narrated mm-hmm. podcast. I think the closest thing I could think of to it that we've reviewed on the show would be The Ballad of Billy Balls, which yeah. is a, you know, colorful tone, narrator yeah, right. with a great, strong writing style and a singular voice interviewing a parent or parents for a story. Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly would not put a show like 
the happy face in the same category because that was terrible. Um, but what did you think of the Rainbow Valentine? I mean, it's very clear to me that she's a performer. I mean, she talks about being an actress, being involved in the theater. I, I'm very curious about her identity because I think that she's probably she almost sounds like a voiceover actress. She has a very acting quality to her narration mm-hmm. and the writing is very theatrical. Like most kids in the 1980s, I was obsessed with Indiana Jones movies. I would dig for treasure in my backyard all the time. Well, actually, during one of my digging bouts in the mid-80s when I was about eight or nine, there was, in fact, half a million dollars buried in my backyard. What do you think of the style of the presentation of this? Again, a lot of it is just sort of resting on, okay, Rainbow Valentine. Just say it. Rainbow Rainbow Valentine. On on Rainbow's ability to deliver the goods. She's on Twitter as Rainbow Valentine Lemur, by the way. Because her parents are lemurs, remember Taffy and oh, it's right. their Walter, Walter Lemur. <laughs> they're very, they're uh, very comfortable with their pseudonyms. No, and they definitely were using it like in like, the like interview, referring to themselves. Yeah, oh, yeah like T- Taffy watched me get arrested. I'm like, that's not her name. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it, a lot of it's going to fall on her. I, I mean, that's sort of the whole conceit of the podcast in and of itself. Is that I have these parents, I don't even know they were drug smugglers, and I'm going to tell you all about their crazy adventure. They're going to tell me about their crazy adventures that I never knew. Uh, and so, you know, she, yeah, is certainly a big personality. It's funny because she has a young-sounding voice, yeah. even though she's like my age. Yeah. I'm guessing here to base down sort of context clues. But because, in this case, she's interviewing her parents, she sort of will always sound younger than. Yeah. So it, it's like... It's very effective. It works, yeah. It works there. You know, you, it might achieve a completely different effect if she were doing season three of Accused. Mm. You know, that, that that demands a certain kind of performance. She's perfect for this. Mm. Now, Toby, one of the things this podcast doesn't do is confront... You know, it does confront some social questions. For instance, it talks about the war on drugs and sort of the racial component of the war on marijuana in particular. I found it particularly interesting to hear that the word marijuana itself is racist because it's what uh, Mexican immigrants called pot. And so it was embraced by authorities who wanted to make it sound even scarier. Mm hmm. However, it doesn't confront tough questions like, for instance, the fact that these parents, the lemurs, are putting their family at tremendous risk. And I think there's a decent case to be made that despite uh, Rainbow Valentine's awesome childhood, it could have turned not so awesome very quickly and pretty easily. And they don't really seem to be doing much confronting of that. What do you think of the treatment and lack thereof of these tougher questions by this podcast? Well, at least so far, I think that is a big question. And I think they also, in the one where they have, where it's mostly focused on those two women and their uh, smuggling efforts, that they've got kids Mm. and, and they've got custody of their kids. And I think they're both don't have, like the fathers aren't in the picture. So it's not... I'm not trying to be like women should be worried about their kids and men not. But in this case, it's these women had custody of their kids and they're flying drugs to London with their kid, you know, and it's it's what what happens if you get busted? Like you've got your kid with you. Like, how does that work? And then with the lemurs themselves, you know, it's it's the husband who's taking the big risk. But I assume if you show up to a house and there's garbage bags full of weed just lying around. Samples. <laughs> yeah. Like those 30-pound samples that both parents are going to get 
in trouble <laughs> and your kid's going to get taken away. I, I think there's a little bit of glossing over those things and maybe it'll come back to that. You know, despite the fact that she does sort of contextualize a little bit the way, you know, drug laws are enforced and, and, and stuff like that. So, you know, there's some weird sort of things that are sort of being unexamined in it. And I, and I don't think it like detracts from the thing as a whole, but it, it is sort of questions that it raised in my mind. Yeah, I'll tell you to me that the connecting thread between the dream and this podcast was the it is absolutely soaked in white privilege. It's just soaked in it like that is it is the most white privilege situation and set of stories and sort of their um, proximity to fame and to yeah. these like important moments in what's happening in the culture at the time that her dad was in Alice's restaurant yeah, and that her mom was basically like having relationships with all these famous people. It's, it's very much steeped in, in, in privilege in a way. And I think that rainbow Valentine goes there lightly treads lightly over that, but doesn't it's certainly if you're looking for the hard hitting examination of that, this podcast is not that Laura, what do you think of sort of the, you know, this family's proximity to these important moments, it happens over and over and over again, like Timothy Leary and her dad being in that movie and her mom marrying the famous jeweler and then also marrying a famous actor. What do you think of all that stuff? I just thought it was super fascinating. I was like, this is like I said, I want to spend some time with these people. Um, but I was like, when I was listening to the Timothy Leary section, I was like, wait a minute. Didn't we watch a like a whole documentary about when the CIA was actually at that same place in upstate New yes. York? Yeah. And I'm like, wait, it's coming Wormwood. back to me. Um, Wormwood. Yeah. Yeah. But I just thought it was super interesting because it was just like, you know, it was historically listening to like, oh, this was happening then. Oh, Janis Joplin is wearing her mom's fur hat. Oh, now they're doing this. <laughs> um, and then the other like sort of cultural thing at the time, I also really found it interesting to listen to like the whole anti-marijuana movement and how mm -hmm. like the newspaper industry was like, well, hemp is stronger than paper, so we got to get rid of them. <laughs> and then that ad. These high school boys and girls are having a hop at the local soda fountain. Innocently, they dance. Innocent of a new and deadly menace lurking behind closed doors. Marijuana, the burning weed with its roots in hell. Three like, for madness with the yeah. devil's roots. <laughs> yeah, the devil's roots. I was like, what is it? It leads to abortion and suicide. Yeah. Um, but even and like. And murder. Oh, it was crazy. But even like Rainbow is like, well, the weed was fine. But, you know, those Coke guys were super sketchy. Now, Laura, I know that you're a little bit younger than the three of the rest of us. Um, yes. So I'm not going to direct this toward you unless you have something that you'd like to share. Okay. I found myself thinking, listening to this podcast over and over and over again. You know, I grew up, I was born in 1973. So I have like a pretty strong memory of especially like the late 70s. And I found myself thinking about all the weird shit that I saw in and near my home <laughs> and with yeah. my parents and just really thinking about what if I had an in-depth conversation with my mother on tape about the weird family that lived above our garage and in the apartment behind our rental house in Wichita, Kansas, that I was, quote, never allowed to talk to, but they would invite me inside all the time and I would go because they always had grape soda and they always seemed to have a ton of money and I never knew why. <laughs> like, I found myself, like, thinking about 
that yeah. kind of weirdness that swirls around in childhood and the questions you don't ask your parents. Now, Kevin, you come from a very conventional family. I don't think you would mind me saying that. No. Yeah. Do you feel like there are conversations you could have with your parents on tape that would uncover some weirdness that was happening around your family when you were a little kid? Yeah. I mean, I think it would involve the IRA. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> That's probably right. Probably true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, But if you, you want to kind of step back for a second, sort of the, the whole idea that that parents live a life and there are things that they sh- don't share and that they are probably riskier things than, than the life that their kids think that they lead. And so whether it's being in law enforcement or whether it's being a drug smuggler or a politician or something like that, there are secrets that you keep. That, and then as a kid, a money launderer for the IRA. Whatever. <laughs> you know, you, you when you grow up, the kid still believes, you know, what he or she was told. Mm. So I think it's a, it's an interesting concept to, you know, build this around. I mean, she ended up, you know, learning the truth when she was, she said, like 13 or 14. But the sort of the details, she's saying this is the first time that they she's heard it. So... Uh, I think is sort of a storytelling device. That's a great place to start. Hmm. I'm having a moment. Go ahead, Laura. No, I'm having like a flashback as you're talking We're about ready. this. Go no, ahead I'm let so, it out. No, so when like my <laughs> let parents, it out, rainbow. <laughs> I think it's coming to me. I'm like, oh my god. I think I was living in this life. Like when my parents moved to Vermont when I was like before I was born, and they had this whole group of people to hang out with. There was this one family. They had like a pretty nice house, but they were always traveling internationally. Mm. which is weird for Vermont like that's not normal and now I'm thinking back <laughs> to like wait a minute when I was at their house they they like sold like items from like these other countries because they were like yeah. traders they were laundering money. art and they I'm like laundering I money. think they were drug dealers and it's coming to me and, and I'm like wait was a one minute. of them named cornflake <laughs> no there was no cornflake but I'm like remembering like going to their house now and I'm like I totally think they were pot dealers I, and and yeah. it's and I'm like I I really now I think this is the truth. <laughs> Do they also buy wine futures? Um, no wine futures, but I'm gonna I, seriously. I just made a little note on my thing because I literally think this is. I think I have a secret past. Mm, I don't think you have a secret <laughs> yeah. past. I think your neighbors have a secret past. Man, this is either the, the greatest episode of Crime Writers on or the worst. Toby, we um, have not, we we don't even talk about the podcast. We're like, yeah, man, it happened to us too. Toby. What about you? Do you ever wonder, like, I mean, I, I just think the 70s, listen, everyone talks about the we decades. We know Toby's parents. It can't possibly no, be No, I like, know. But don't you imagine, like, a situation in which something from your childhood is just completely different than you thought it was at the time? Can't you just imagine yourself in Rainbow Valentine's situation, but maybe with a different topic or oh. something? <laughs> that is something I never thought I'd hear. The underground casino is picture yourself in Rainbow Valentine situation. I can picture it. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, it's actually kind of funny because when like in the early 70s, when my dad was going to UMass, like that Amherst area was like super hippie. Oh, yeah. So just hearing some of the stories from back then, not necessarily involving my parents, but involving their friends, you know, every once in a while when I see some of my parents' friends. Like some of that stuff will come up and they'll be like, oh, yeah, Toby, you're two years old, like waddling around. And, you know, did you ever go to the Aquavita? You'd ask these funny questions about stuff, you know. So I guess on some level I was, you know, huh, does does Henry have another friend over? (laughs) So anyway, yeah, I'm sure there's I'm sure there's a lot of that stuff that I was sort of like 
going over my head at that age, but and I'm sure there's some good stories. This is what I want the listeners to do. We're just going to stop for a second. Okay. I want all the listeners to close their eyes. Okay. Take a deep breath. Okay. What you're doing, by the way. And think about your parents Mm. as swingers. (laughs) You never knew it. Oh my God. My mom used to do uh, yoga in the front yard before yoga was a thing. That was weird. Uh Um, She had to do it so everybody would see. (laughs) She used to date a guy when I was a kid who had a giant white Samaya, you know, the big white dog. Yeah. And he used to make thread, he used to make yarn and sweaters out of his dog's like hair. Oh, Jesus. It was very 70s. Okay. So, um, Toby, quick question for you Does a yarn ball not seem like a way better smuggling method on and off of airplanes? than a Christmas nutcracker when you're going to Hawaii. Yes or no? Yeah, I guess I would go with the yarn. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was genius. I'm not sure I could pull it off Mm. myself, but it's a good idea. Laura, what did you think of the fact that Rainbow Valentine's dad, as much as uh, sort of like a salt-of-the-earth hippie he was, even though he hates the word, really appreciated the finer things in life and wanted to like buy the best truck and transport them by helicopter <laughs> to the local airport and all these things that actually just kept getting him in huge trouble because he yeah. just had his taste was just too fine yeah um it, i loved when they went to hawaii and they're like paying it for everything in cash and they're like uh something seems sketchy here yeah i the wine part i especially loved i was like oh please tell me there's a wine cave please tell me there's a wine cave but there was <laughs> there was no wine cave um but it was it was really interesting listening to how they were trying to use their money you know like the Persian rugs hanging on the walls and the the fancy wine and how they would have these parties but not too often because they weren't really like that and the beluga caviar and um it didn't really gel with this whole like hippie vibe thing but I think that was sort of the point as you're listening to this like you were talking before about sort of the privilege of the people that were involved I mean this guy I was like this guy's basically like the Bernie Sanders turned into drug dealer like he was like the nice Jewish kid from Brooklyn who dropped out of college and became a pot dealer it was fascinating um the whole you know wine part of the story and everything um and I want to know more about what they're doing now. Like, I, and that's why I keep listening. Like, how did this all come to a crashing end? You know? Right, right. No, I, I agree with you. Now, Kevin, one thing that I know, criticism you and I both have, I do think this podcast is a little overly long. And I think that, like, for instance, the episode about the mamas, like, I didn't care for it. I see in your notes I, you didn't care for yeah, it. Yeah. I just thought it was different. Yeah. And took us away from what the story is about, which is about this family. Like, stay but, in the good stuff. Stay, yeah. in, stay in the lane. It was fine yeah. in and of itself. Yeah. But it took me from away from the characters I wanted to know more about. Yeah. No, I, I felt the same way. Well, let's do what we do. Let's tell our listeners, thumbs up or thumbs down, should they check out Disorganized Crime, Smuggler's Daughter from iHeartMedia. Media, Laura Bricker, I'm going to start with you. What do you think? I'm going to say yes, because I, I won't call this like a journalistic podcast. I'll say this is like hanging around. I think you should pour yourself a glass of wine or whatever else you're going to take um, from our last podcast. <laughs> and it's <laughs> like or this podcast, like smoke a big joint, whatever. It's like hanging out <laughs> with some really fun old hippies for the night and hearing all their old, really fun war stories. And it's just really entertaining. It's kind of like a different era. So I would say, yes, listen. What about you, Toby Ball? Thumbs up or thumbs down for disorganized crime smuggler's daughter. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I, I thought it was very, very entertaining. You know, again, this is another one that's a little different than the stuff we usually 
uh, review, but I've I've enjoyed all the episodes. I agree with you guys that the the one with the uh, two women was the was the weakest of them, but um, I, I give it a thumbs up. I, I've, I've found it thoroughly enjoyable. What about you, Kevin Flynn? What do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down for Disorganized Crime, Smuggler's Daughter? Uh, I'm a thumbs up. I forgot to talk about the theme music. Um, I like the theme. Oh, the original song? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you sing it? I've been singing it. Small with I'm just going to play a clip of that oh right God, now. it's so fun. Young, free, and groovy. Making it up as we roll along. So I thought this was really breezy and, yeah, just a different way to tell a story. Rainbow Valentine is very charming and, you know, you got to love her parents. If you're looking for a deeper dive into the drug war and the consequences of their actions and the pros and the guys, that's not what you're going to get. You're going to get their story from where they were in this time in history, in this industry. And it's just, you know, it's like one of those other podcasts that uh, while while we're talking off a lot about the things that we learn and the stories about, oh, I never knew that. Boy, that was crazy. You know, to put a safe underneath the sink and it floods and they literally got to launder the the laundered money. I think this rises and falls uh, on the strength of uh, Rainbow Valentine and uh, her sides sometimes. Again, I'd say, you know, a little forced, but overall, uh, she's a, a a delightful character herself. Mm. Well, I am also a thumbs up for disorganized crime, but I do have a couple of criticisms, and this is where I'm going to say them. Number one, if you are a person who says "Okay, Boomer" a lot, and you don't like Boomers, and how each one of them seems to believe they are solely responsible for all the cultural shifts that happened <laughs> in uh, the mid 20th century, you may not love this podcast because there's a lot of bo- Boomers blowing smoke in this podcast. More ways than one. <laughs> Number two, the podcast is beautifully made in some ways, but the levels suck. It's, what do you mean by yeah. loving the audio? Yeah. I mean the I, audio I agree levels. With that, yeah, it was. Rainbow Valentine, I know that she did some a lot of the recording herself. However, there is a mic technique issue where when she sort of trails off on sentences, she kind of goes like this off mic, and then she goes back as... They heard signs earlier. Really and the, um, the difference between her narration tape and the field tape or her interviews with her parents is jarring. If you are the kind of person who is made crazy by turning the volume up and down and up and down and up and down on podcasts, I just want to give you a trigger warning. You will be doing that a lot when listening to this podcast. The final mix, the levels just could have been a lot better. I don't blame Rainbow Valentine for that. I don't know um, who did the production and mixing, but the story was not well served by the fact that the uh, auto leveling feature, either in Pro Tools or Adobe Audition, was not used for this podcast. It really needed to do some strong volume matching here. It would have made a huge difference to my listening experience. Finally... I really like the podcast mostly because of the the angle, uh, the strength and the vulnerability of Rainbow Valentine herself in putting herself out there and telling the story. One of my favorite moments is when she calls her partner, uh, her boyfriend, when she's at the storage unit and she's just debriefing. Um, there's some real authentic good stuff here. Uh, it's light on history. It's sort of light on family dynamics. It doesn't take many deep dives. But it's overall, it's very entertaining except for those minor quibbles. So thumbs up for me. Now it's time for my favorite part of the podcast, a little something I like to call the crime Crime of of the week. The week. 
careful what you say to the staff at Tom's Diner in Denver. They've charged customers 38 cents for telling a, quote, stupid question. (laughs) They're not hiding it either. When you get the bill, you'll see a charge for a stupid question right under your breakfast burrito and Denver omelet. It's not the staff being mean. They've been charging customers for their dumb questions since they opened in 1999. And customers are in on the joke. That's why they'll ask whether there's water in the ice and what the dues are for the turkey club, just so (laughs) they can get dinged by the staff. But not all stupid questions are created equal. The waiters have been told not to charge for legitimate questions, even if they think they're kind of stupid. These kinds of changes might make the diner too expensive for some of their dimmest customers. So, panel, why stop at stupid questions in a diner? If you could hand out 38-cent fines for anything, what would you pick, Laura Bricker? I'm going to start with you. Um, the people that go to the grocery store and they pull over their cart in the middle of the aisle so you can't get around them. And they are oblivious <laughs> to the fact that you are behind them. I'm sorry, the Brichter scale is going off here. Yes, those are the people that I would find 38 cents. I might find them 38 cents double because like it's 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 one of my biggest pet peeves. So that's spatial awareness, do. people like look around you, pull over to the side, pull out of the way, stop blocking my way. Joey Ball, if you could hand out 38 cent fines for anything. What infraction would you assign those 38 cent fines to? Uh, throwing cigarette butts out the window of your car. Yeah. Oh, I think it's actually more than 38 cents. That's pretty icky. What about you, Kevin? Bringing your fucking kids to the movie theater. <laughs> if it's more than PG-13, take them someplace else. Mm. So mine is people who, when you want to pass them on the highway, mm-hmm. speed <sighs> up Yeah. so that you can't. And then- when you pass them or when they pass you, then they slow down again. Like, I hate drivers who just want to be first for no reason. I hate that. It's like their so caveman much. brains. Like, I don't want to get eaten by the pterodactyl. Exactly. 38 cents. 38 cents. We should probably wrap it up on that note. But before we do, Laura Bricker, do we have a cat of the week this week? <laughs> This is an Australian animal this week because we talked last week with everything. So Nicole Farrell, one of our Australian listeners, Happy New Year to the crime writers from Perth, Western Australia. She is nominating Ruby as Cat of the Week. Ruby's actually a dog. There's some sad little pictures of Ruby. Ruby was found wandering when the rangers called the number on her microchip. Her so-called owners decided to surrender her at the ripe old age of 14. And she was covered in a bunch of mats. They had to trim her all up. And Nicole says that Ruby is currently curled up on the couch next to me recuperating. She has seen the vet to receive care and she'll have a full assessment. She's very gentle. And she sat for four hours while they cut her mats out. So Ruby obviously wasn't one of the wildfire victims, but an Australian pet of the week because we are still thinking about, I don't know about you guys, but I can't even like the pictures and the videos of the koalas and... It's heartbreaking. I saw one the other day of a koala going up on the porch with one of the like somebody's dog, like their household dog to get water. It's it's awful. So there's there's lots of organizations you can support. We'll post some online. Um, But for right now, Ruby, cat of the week. Nice. All right, Laura Bricker, folks want to pitch their animals to you, whether they be cats, dogs, koalas, lemurs or any other sundry wildlife. How can they find you on Twitter? I do like lemurs um, at Laura Bricker. And of course, you can also send us your pets of the week by email at crimewritersonatgmail.com. We've been getting tons of submissions that way lately. It's been awesome. 
Toby Ball, if folks want to reach out to you online, how can they find you on Twitter? At Toby Ball NH. And Kevin Flynn, if folks want to reach out to you and say, thank you, Kevin, for allowing Rebecca to let the show go completely off the rails this week, how can they find you online? You can say thank you at Kevin P. Flynn. And if you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, you can find me at Reb Lavoie. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Crime Writers On. And I encourage you strenuously to join the amazing community in our official Crime Writers On Facebook discussion group. We also have a regular old Facebook page, by the way, which I promised Meredith, our web maven, I would not say is boring. Line editing is done by the very handsome Henry Lavoie. Our web maven and newsletter captain is Meredith Plunkett. Sign up for our newsletter at CrimeWritersOn.com. It's packed full of great stuff. Support the show on Patreon.com slash Partners in Crime Media, and you'll get our after show right now. Plus, Married with Podcast, Toby Ball's Deep Dive Book Club Podcast, and Laura Bricker's Leave it to Bricker Podcast. Our theme song was performed by the New York Sky Jazz Ensemble and used with their permission. This show was recorded in the yoga loft above the bodega in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi studio, otherwise known as Studio C, the closet in our New Hampshire basement where our boomer dad also used to hide 60,000 pounds of pot. On behalf of all the crime writers, thanks so much for listening. We will catch you later. Later. Man. I have to tell you guys, like, poor Ken is, like, so annoyed because I just, I'm, like, with my new AirPods, my new favorite friends. Isn't it so easy to ignore your family with AirPods? It's gone a long way to improving the whole overall life of my family because I just put them in. But I put one under my hair and I'm listening to this and I just start, like, laughing and I'm like, like they traded their RV or their bus for acid. <laughs> and he's like, shut the fuck up. What are you doing? And I'm like, I'm like, no, it's so funny. And he's just like, you're so fucking annoying. And I'm like, no, it's like saving my life right now. Wow. So, so I should just say, you know, if anyone ever hears this tape, no, Ken is not an asshole. <laughs> he's awesome. And I'm willing to bet that Laura was in fact being super fucking annoying <laughs> I was I was just walking around the house just like spontaneously laughing and he's just like we have an impressionable 13 year old in this house would you stop glorifying pot and I'm like Ooh. no it's really funny snap One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.